Welcome to Relate Your Research, the online podcast featuring social work researchers. I'm Jessica Renarsson, and learning should be relatable. We're really excited to have Catherine Langsford with us today. She's the National Chairperson of Literacy Association of South Africa, among other things, which we'll hear about today. And we're really excited to continue the conversation around early childhood development. And today our focus is literacy and early learning. So welcome, Catherine. Hi, thanks for having me. It's lovely to have you and obviously in very strange times, it's amazing to be able to have these conversations even from afar. Thanks for joining us. Maybe you could start the show off with giving a little bit of background into your profession and how literacy became a focus area for you. Sure. Well, I've, I've got quite an interesting journey. I started out as a high school English teacher. When I finished matric, I studied a BA and I did English and linguistics as my majors. And I actually found linguistics by accident because I had a different plan for my career path or for the courses that I wanted to take at Varsity and discovered on the night that I had to register that my courses clashed and I wasn't able to take what I wanted to take. So overnight I had to pick something else and I found linguistics and I thought, well, this looks fairly decent and it's got to do with language and I've always loved language. So I picked it and uh, it's become a huge part of my life. And it seems that that's a bit of a trend with people who study linguistics. They knew nothing about it beforehand and then become completely obsessed with it. What I loved about it is I was studying English, which is the literature side, and that really fed my love of the beauty and the grace of language and English specifically. But then linguistics is really rigorous and it's about grammar and it's about a lot of technical aspects and I love that balance. Um, so yeah, I completed that and then I had always intended to be a teacher. So I went off and, and uh, started teaching um, high school English and yeah, quickly learned that teaching is not at all what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was a different profession to what I had anticipated. So um, I stuck with it for a couple of years and I enjoyed it. I learned a lot and uh, it was a really interesting time. But then I decided to go off and do some other interesting things. So I then went into a literacy NGO and I worked there. Um, so I brought the education background, but I started to look at writing courses and training material and writing books. And so much of the work at the time was on uh, foundation phase or early uh, literacy uh, or early school literacy and so I had to change my focus a lot in the work that I was doing from my lived experience as a teacher with teenagers but having to relearn what that meant for younger children and how younger children learn to read and their literacy needs and so that opened up a whole new world um, and really got me curious about you know, reading and how do people learn to read and, and what role does literacy play in younger children? Um, and then towards my, the end of my time there, that's when um, the national catalog was being put together. And they, then the last step was to look at grade R material. And so I started working on some programs that our NGO wanted to submit 
And then that opened my eyes even more. Uh, and at the same time, the framework, the new framework was being developed, being implemented. So for me, I feel incredibly privileged to have developed in or worked in literacy and developed material from everything from grade art to master's level. Um, because it's helped me to understand how each part of the puzzle fits together. And so, yeah, so once I, I've finished with the literacy NGO, I then have been working in higher education, uh, teaching linguistics courses that are applied linguistics, essentially. And applied linguistics is the teaching aspect, um, learning and teaching language uh, at, you know, and that can be any language and it's at a variety of levels as well. And, and kind of the theoretical background or the, the technical background to teaching language. And that's opened my eyes even more and made me realize even more how crucial those early years are for cementing uh, language skills and really giving a child the best chance that they can have in their life and, and the huge implication of not getting that right. Sure. No, it's quite incredible to to see the the ebbs and flows of someone's kind of journey and figuring out how the pieces fit, really. And so, how did you then become a part of Latasa? Maybe you could explain to us a little bit about what Latasa is and and how it operates in South Africa. Yeah, sure. So Latasa is the Literacy Association of South Africa, as you were saying, and uh, we're a volunteer-run professional body. And our primary purpose is to promote literacy. That's really why we exist. Um, but that can mean a lot of things. So really what we want to do is to look at research, to look at best practice in terms of teaching and education. And that's not only school teaching. It's also, you know, it can be at the ECD level. It can be parents working with their children. It can be um, in higher education, pre-service teaching, all of those kinds of things. Uh, to look at how to put together research, how to put together best practice in teaching, and also working with the community in order to promote literacy. And the purpose there is to develop a literate society so that people can reach their fullest potential. And that's potential in terms of economic participation, you know, just the, the fullness of their life and their ability to enjoy their rights as a citizen and to exercise those rights and to really just live a very full and satisfying life. So we want to look at how literacy can help them do that. And I think literacy is just such a foundational part of life. You know, we, we really take it for granted. Every moment of every day we're reading something or we're using critical thinking skills to think about an issue. And all of those are developed in the sphere of literacy. Um, so, yeah, so we're a professional body. Anybody can join us. We have um, people from, yeah, academics from higher education. We have teachers. We have schools. We have principals. We have people from governments and district departments and district officials. Uh, we've got um, not so much parents. We'd like to encourage more parents, but I can understand that they would maybe not see the professional uh, need to, to take this up. Um, and we've got practitioners, so ECD practitioners, we've got a very wide range of people. And then a lot of people working in NGOs who are implementing projects, um, working in communities. So in librarians and 
publishers and all kinds of people. And I think what we love is the diversity um, because we really do want to bring together everybody in the literacy community because it's an ecosystem and each part needs the other part. Uh, so yeah, so we exist to to do that and we have a variety of platforms that we use to bring people together. Uh, our conference is very well known at our flagship event uh, and that really draws a very wide variety of, of people together and that's where they get to share you know, the work, the programs that they're running, the interventions that they're doing, the learning that they've uh, had in the last year. And I think it's just such an incredibly valuable time for people working in literacy. Um, we also have four branches across the country. So that's one in the Western Cape, one in Gauteng, one in the Eastern Cape, and one in uh, KwaZulu-Natal. And these branches run events that are intended to kind of highlights specific literacy issues and hopefully ones that are tailored to what's happening in a province at a particular time. And yeah, they give people a chance to interact with other literacy professionals, maybe meet some experts, get some thinking and going and some knowledge. Uh, and just again, to promote literacy. Um, we have other platforms as well. So we're working a lot in social media and on our website and trying to access people who maybe wouldn't be able to join us um, at workshops in branches or wouldn't be able to come to the conference. Uh, and a lot of advocacy work can be done on social media. I mean, I think we've all seen that. Um, it's a great way of, yeah, of networking and of showing people what's out there. So we really want to do that. And we also have a scholarly journal called Reading and Writing with an ampersand, the little and uh, symbol in the middle. And that's, that was started many, many years ago. So Latas has been around for 14 years. Um, actually, I lie, 16 years. And uh, the, the journal is intended to share learning, and obviously from an academic perspective, but on particular issues related to literacy. And again, that covers the whole spectrum from early childhood all the way through to what's happening in adversity. So yeah, so that's Latasa. So I've been involved in Latasa for many years. I think I started in 2014 um, and kind of worked my way up the ranks and I'm currently the national chairperson. And I just, I feel very, very passionate about the role that Latasa can play in the literacy sector. Uh, you know, we're, we're not out there implementing, so we're not doing interventions but what we've realized is that people need a home they need a place to belong to bring their work to to share with others to learn from others and to feel part of something that's bigger than themselves and um, I think um, we're also increasingly realizing the role that Latasa can play in filling the gaps or to you know help people to find that knowledge that they don't have to learn that skill that they need to do their work better and that can be you know from somebody in an NGO who's now being asked to do materials development and they've never done that before through to somebody who's uh, you know implementing in a project or um, yeah funders looking for information on what's happening in the literacy sector and how they can spend money I think we we really play that role of, of uh, sector engagement and sector coordination. Mm, that's fantastic. It's so encouraging to hear about the journey you've been on building this network, really, of passionate 
practitioners and people that love literacy and want to see it thrive in the country. What's it been like to build that network over time? Wow, it's been so interesting. It's been the most phenomenal journey. So our founding member uh, or our founder of Latasta, it was originally RASA, the Reading Association of South Africa, and we rebranded in 2017 because I think the understanding of what literacy is is so much broader than reading that we really felt it was time to make that change. But as I was saying, our founding member, Janet Condy, Professor Janet Condy, she um, was a very involved in the International Literacy Association, which at that time was the International Reading Association. And this was in the early 2000s. And she was going to the conferences in America and she was really getting more and more involved. And then she was um, doing some work in Africa, some conferences in Africa that were happening. And she was engaging with other African countries or literacy professionals in African countries and they had reading associations and South Africa didn't. So she was really um, strongly urged <laughs> to start one, which she did. Um, and it basically started with a conference in the Western Cape in 2004. And they had a conference every two years and it, it slowly grew from there um, that people were then really involved in the Western Cape, but I think other parts of the country, people were getting excited about it. And that's sort of how the branches developed. So it grew organically in a sense in that way. But then, um, yeah, I think we came to realize a few years ago that each of the branches running fairly autonomously was maybe not the best way to run it in terms of cohesiveness. And we then started a process of pulling it together, pulling the branches together and coordinating more and working more at a national level to develop um, the brand essentially and also to develop a strategy that would help the country more widely. So, yeah, and this was happening at the same time as that rebranding process. And it was, uh, so I was involved then, and it was a phenomenal process of having to rethink what our purpose was and, and what we understood literacy to be and what we wanted other people to understand literacy to be. Um, and also we're an affiliate of the International Literacy Association and they had just gone through the process of changing from the Reading Association to the Literacy Association. And that really sparked off a lot of debates for us because of the debates that they were having as well. Um, so yeah, the last couple of years, we've seen phenomenal growth. Uh, it's been a, a, a hard work, I won't lie. It's been hard work to shift from four branches running autonomously and uh, you know, a national level. The, the conference is run by each, a different branch each year. So the changing of the idea that the, the conference is a national event instead of a branch event. That was quite a big change as well. Um, but also all the background stuff of having to redo a lot of um, administrative and compliance uh, issues. So things like, um, if you know, if you change your name, there's all kinds of issues with the Department of Social Development as an NPO to change the the yeah, the legal requirements there. And we also had to be registered with SARS and do a whole lot of work there. Um, so that was an incredible amount of background work that had to happen, as well as thinking about all of this strategy and thinking about where we want to go. 
Um, so it's, and as I said, we're volunteer run. So it's, it's people who are working in a professional capacity and already have very full-time jobs and have families themselves to do this on top of all of that. So, um, yeah, we've just been blessed with such an amazing set of passionate people. You know, you used the word passionate before, and that's exactly what it is. People in this country are so passionate about seeing people succeed in terms of literacy and of capacitating one another and of helping one another to improve. That, yeah, it's really written on this group of incredibly skilled and incredibly passionate people. Um, so, yeah, so at the moment, we're actually in a very interesting position where we are, we're having to decide whether we stay the organization that we've always been um, and doing well what we've always done, or do we really push through and start to grow and start to do a lot more work in the literacy sector that we think is necessary, but is going to require a lot more funding and a, and a lot more time? And is that going to mean that we need to look at starting to employ people and there's a whole you know from an npo perspective that moves us into a whole new bracket of legal requirements and hr so yeah it's, it's an incredibly exciting time and for me personally to be leading it is it's daunting but it's also yeah it's blue sky thinking absolutely no that's that's amazing and so wonderful to hear kind of the vision behind where you've come from, but also the fact that there there is more. It's not a, a full stop. We've done what we intended to do, but to really see see the growth. And I think so maybe that can lead us into our next question, thinking about South Africa, because we're obviously in a very unique context and the problems and the challenges we face in South Africa in the education system are quite unique. Um, just as a uh, a stat to throw into the picture if 78% of grade four learners aren't reading for meaning that's a problem I'm sure you'll have a few a few thoughts um, on this but why would literacy and early literacy specifically be so important for early childhood development I think as I've been explaining my own journey and beginning to really grapple with what's happening in the country I just I'm so passionate about early literacy and about getting it right from young and also painfully painfully aware of how difficult that is in this country um yeah so the the, the famous statistic of 78 percent of children not being able to read by grade four level it's just it's a marker of a much much earlier problem uh, and there's been a lot of focus in foundation phase literacy teaching and a huge amount of work going in to capacitate teachers and to help them to teach reading effectively. But I think more and more we're beginning to understand that, you, you know, we, there's only so much that a foundation phase teacher can do if the child doesn't come to the classroom with a whole lot of language skills already. And those language skills have to be developed between birth and five. And obviously in the great R year in, in, uh, as a six-year-old as well. And those language skills are not something that the education sector or the education department of education has control over. It really is in the hands of parents. And that just shows just how much we need to work with parents and we need to work with communities to change perceptions around reading, to change perceptions around language development, and 
to really help people to understand what they can be doing with their children to give them the best chance uh, in terms of their literacy development. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of work happening in the community, but I think as you're saying, it's, it's perhaps not widespread enough that lots of people know about it, or it's just a very big and difficult thing to change because it's historically not been a priority um, in the country. And I think the, you know, the work with the Millennium Development Goals and the Sustainable Development Goals, uh, ECD is a huge part of that. And I think that's helping us to start putting it on the map and to prioritize it. But it needs to trickle down into society now, I think. Do you see research playing a role in, in this, in the field, in impacting literacy moving forward? Hugely. There's just so much we don't know. There's so much we don't know, and we desperately need research in so many areas. Um, but yeah, I think the, the, the tricky thing is in ECD of separating literacy out from other aspects. Because uh, I know in ECD, everything needs to be integrated. You need to look at the whole child. Um, and that completely makes sense. But sometimes we need to do a deep dive into particular areas. And I think um, as an ECD researcher, it could maybe be difficult to focus on only one aspect of um, ECD practice and, you know, become widely published or widely known. So I understand that there's some tensions there, but I think... Yeah, and also we've had colleagues tell us that uh, who do ECD work that is literacy specific, that it's a very difficult environment for them because uh, when they're in the ECD space, they can't focus solely on literacy. But if they come to a literacy conference, for example, they feel a little bit left out because there's hardly anybody working in ECD. So it's an interesting space for them. And I think that's something that we need to change, a perception that we need to change. And I think the more people who are doing research specifically in ECD and specifically in literacy, the more we will be able to change that perception. Because, yeah, as I was saying, there's just so much we don't know, uh, particularly around African languages. And there's a lot of work happening in um, the foundation phase in terms of reading, how, how best to teach reading and how best to teach phonics and sound awareness with children in their home language and African languages. But, you know, w once we know that information and we're far away from really having a clear picture, but once we know that information, it's automatically going to filter down to say, well, if that's what children need when they come to school, what do they need before that? There's a lot of research that needs to happen there. Um, and I think it's kind of twofold. We need to be looking at what, what needs to happen, but we also need to look at what is happening and what's working and what's not working. Um, and I think another unfortunate thing in terms of research is that often NGOs or uh, individuals who are doing research or doing work in literacy, in ECD contexts, um, their work is often maybe donor funded or it's, you know, it's very, very specific. So it speaks to a set of criteria that perhaps the donor has requested or that the NGO feels is, is important. But that information is not something that can be published or it's not something that um, is wide enough that we would be able to use it in an academic sphere. 
And often, unfortunately, the, the data collection methods and the data analysis doesn't stand up to the rigor that a publication would need in order to be published in, you know, as a scholarly article or a journal article. And that's such a pity because, the, you know, these, these organizations are doing all of this work already. They're putting all of the time and money into getting the work done. But if there was maybe a better understanding of what's required or if a researcher was partnering with them to you know, lift up that, uh, the data collection and lift up the requirements so that the data that is collected could be used and then fed into a, a journal article. So I think that's, we need some better synergy there and that's why we need more people focusing on ECD research and partnering with organizations who are doing that work so that we can get more really good, high-quality work out there. Mm, absolutely. No, that's fantastic. I guess the next question then is to ask about funding. Where do you think funding needs to be directed in the literacy space? Oh, wow. Everywhere. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, there's, because of this huge focus on foundation phase and early, early grade reading, uh, there's huge, huge amounts of funding going into that and huge amounts of funding going into teacher professional development in um, not, not only reading, but also other aspects of literacy. And there's huge amounts of money going into resources. But the interesting thing is that then there are, there are other pockets where nothing is happening. Um, and something that I find very interesting is that in terms of the intermediate phase or that step after those really early books, there isn't a lot happening there. So we, we are developing these great children who have loads of resources and who are reading nicely in grades one to three. And then the minute they step into grade four, when they're looking for something longer, you know, chapter books that are a couple of pages long instead of just, um, you know, each chapter is a few pages long instead of just a, a picture book or a, a very simple book. Um, we're not having, there's not enough development there to prepare a set of resources that children can engage with when they're older. And then, um, you know, adolescent literacy, teenagers as well. In, I'm, uh, and I mean, in terms of affordable material that's easily accessible, because as we know, you know, for a child in a, in a township or a rural area to have a hundred rand to spend on a book, is just not going to happen. Um, we wish, we really wish that we lived in a world like that, but it doesn't. So finding resources that can go to, to children who can't afford um, to pay for a resource, uh, that's really important. And so that needs to happen at the high school level as well. But of course, it needs to happen at, at ECD level too. Um, and so picture books uh, and, and wordless picture books they need to be really, really accessible to people in communities where they can't afford to pay for books and also where traditionally they haven't had these available. And there's some organizations doing unbelievably fantastic work to get that going, um, which is excellent. But, you know, literacy development is not only about reading. It's also about a whole other set of skills. And I think there needs to be a lot more education for parents um, that's accessible to them. And so again, there's some organizations who are starting to put together apps or contacting parents via WhatsApp or using a whole range of ways of, of 
interacting with parents and with caregivers to develop those skills. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if we need lots of funding and we need it in lots of different places. Sure, sure. No, and it's always good to have this conversation because people are looking for avenues and it's always nice to hear on the ground where you can see these gaps. How do people link up with Latasa? What would you recommend the kind of go-to platform if someone would be interested if any of our listeners Hmm. I think a fantastic way of connecting with us is on social media because, you know, there's always something going on in literacy um, and that's a really nice up-to-date platform. So our, um, our kind of our handle or our uh, way of contact- contacting us across all platforms is literacy ASOC SA. So literacy A-S-S-O-C and then S. A for South Africa. So on Facebook, you can find us there. On Twitter, we're at Literacy ASOC SA. Um, we're on Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. We have LinkedIn page. We've got the whole lot going. Um, yeah. And obviously, our website as well. You can find us at Latasa, L I T A S A. So that's latasa.org.za. No, that's fantastic. Um, I will link those in the show notes. So if anyone is curious or would like to find out more about Latasa and what they're up to, then those links will be available. Catherine, any last thoughts on literacy and the role of research? How can we relate research to literacy? Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, I would just say to everybody, let's do it. Let's get going. There is so much work to do. There is so much we don't know. It's such an exciting space. You know, we're in a very, very exciting place of really starting to understand how African languages work and uh, how to to support people in communities who are wanting to develop literacy. Um, yeah, there's so much work to do. It's a very, very exciting space and please do get involved. We We love sharing information. We love connecting with other people. We really want to grow a strong network of literacy practitioners and any way that we can help to do that would be fantastic. And and just thanks to you and thanks to everybody working in, in the ECD space. It's an incredibly difficult space, particularly in the last couple of months. Um, and the, the devotion and the passion and the, the kindness that people are showing in this space is just phenomenal. So well done, keep it up. And we see you and we acknowledge the hard work and we are deeply, deeply grateful because of, of what South Africa is going to look like in 20 or 30 years time because of the sacrifices that you've made now. Thank you. We're halfway through our ECD series. Keep joining us for more interesting topics and conversations on early childhood development and social work research.